Uh, we're going to continue our series. If you haven't um, or haven't been listening to our series or you missed any, uh, go because it's kind of it builds up to with one another, right? Okay. So the first week, John talked about the life of Abraham, how we're called to believe, right? And then Victor or the pastor talked about the life of Isaac, and he talked about how we're called to obey. Okay, so today we're going to be going over the life of Jacob, and the topic today is going to be on trust. We're called to trust God. Yes? Okay, let's, uh, let's bow our, uh, our heads and we'll pray. Heavenly Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come before you, God, and we just thank you, Father God, just for who you are, Lord. We ask, Father God, that you be in this place today, Lord, and I just pray, Lord, Father God, may you just work in me, Lord. Lord, uh, I pray, Father God, may, uh, may you work in me, Lord, Father God. Give me memorization of this word, Lord. I pray, may you just work in me, Lord, Father God. May I just be uh, uh, your vessel, Father God. Not just preach, Father God, and, and speak, Father God, what you have poured in me, God. I pray, Father God, may you give me a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, Lord, Father God. And I pray, Lord, may I just do my best, and your spirit, Father God, does the rest, God. But I pray, may your spirit, Father God, work in every single one of us, Lord. May we accept your word and we apply it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Cool. All right, let's, 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 let's get going. Yes? Okay, so go to the next, go to the next slide. So this is me, okay? Some of you guys know what's going on, okay? Last summer, okay, us and the Las Vegas church, we went together to like a summer conference, right, in Ridoso. They have this thing, it's called the Leap of Faith. And it's like, how many, like 45 feet? 50, a little bit less, like, like 20? <laughs> it was like, it's like... These guys are, they're lying. It's like super, super high, okay? The picture does not do it justice, okay? So anyways, right? So I'm standing at the top, like, like the highest one. There's one that's smaller. And Jordan, okay, he was like super crying, like big time, okay? And he didn't want to get off or he didn't want to jump. He was actually so scared that he was just going to climb down. So then everybody was like, no, Jordan, you can do it. You can. He's like, I'm scared of heights. I'm scared of heights. And we're like, dude, just do it. Just do it. So I told them, because I'm scared of heights. So I told them, I was like, okay, if you do it, and if you're willing to go against your fear and do it, I'll do the big one. Sure enough, dude, that guy does it. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay. You all know we're like, we're like, you talk to talk, but when it's time, it gets real, you kind of like. I shouldn't have said that, you know? So sure enough, I go. Three seconds, jump one hand. Easy. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. There was this little boy, okay, seven years old, huh? Seven years old, and he would go, and he would jump. Go, jump. Go, jump. And then I went in. It took me 18 minutes. I was there for 18 minutes. Okay, Josh was like, you're the worst, just go down already. Okay, so then, so sure enough, it took me 18 minutes, and I was able to do it after those 18 minutes. And even though people were telling me, oh, dude, you would have already been here by now. It's, it's faster if you just jump. No, you're not going to die. The hardness is going to catch you. Like, even though I know all those things, as Jackie, as Judy, those, the hardest part is letting go. Like, like I would get like, like these little bursts like, I'm going to do it. 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 And I wouldn't do it. And I would hold back. That's the hard. Like even though you know all those things, the hardest part is just the letting go. Okay? You guys know where I'm going with this, right? 
You see, sometimes that's how we are with God. Okay? Letting go is the hardest part. Why do you guys think? How many of us know, yes, we want to take control of our lives? And that's why it's super hard to trust God and to let go because we want to take control of our lives. Right? But the thing is, the more we try to control, the more we are afraid of losing control. And the more we are afraid of losing control, the more we want to control. And the more we want to control, the more we are afraid of losing control. And then you start getting into the cycle. And as you're getting into the cycle where you're controlling your own life, God is left on the sidelines. You know? And God's not in your life or the situation because you're just trying to, you're in the cycle of control that he's just left on the outside. Okay? So why is it so hard to trust God? So I'm going to be going over three points today on why is it so hard for us to trust God. Cool? So first week, Jonathan talked about Abraham. Okay? Abraham had a son, and his son was named Isaac. Isaac has a son, and his name is Jacob, and this is where we are right here. Genesis chapter 25, verses 23, it says, And the Lord told her, the sons in your womb will become two nations. So Jacob was not just a son, but he was a twin. So Isaac has twin boys, and Jacob is one of them. Yes? And then it says, these sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. I want you to highlight this part. One nation will be stronger than the other, and your older son will serve the younger son. Okay? So the first one that was born, his name was Esau. Esau was the old, older one. Yes? Okay? And then go to verse 26. It says, then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. Okay? Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. Okay? So, so Jacob is the second Okay, Esau is the first. Okay, everybody following me? Okay, the name Jacob means deceiver. Okay, so he's, he's a trickster, deceiver. He's conniving. He's a liar. Just have that in mind. Okay, so Isaac loved Esau because Esau was a man's man. Okay, he had like hair. Okay, he would hunt. He would be the outdoors man, right? Okay, so he's... So Isaac, like, like Esau, Jacob was a mama's boy, okay? So he was inside, right? He would cook, right? All the chefs, okay? But he would cook. He would stay inside. So, so, so Jacob was a mama's boy, right? Let's go to Genesis 25, okay? So one day, Esau comes from hunting, and he's super, super, super hungry, and Jacob it's cooking, right? And then Esau's like, hey, please give me some food. And he's like, no, you're crazy, bro. He's like, no, give me some food. He's like, you're crazy. Give me some food. So the Jacob, he's a deceiver, right? He's a, he's a trickster. He's like, oh, okay, all right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. He's like, I'll be the firstborn son. And then 32 says, look, I'm dying of starvation. This guy is super extra. I'm dying of starvation. Oh, just give me some food, like... Okay, and then he says, what good is my birthright to me now? So sure enough, he says, okay, and he does it. Okay, think about it. He gives up the right as a firstborn son just because he's hungry. So why is it so hard for us to trust God? Point number one, our feelings and our emotions get in the way. Okay, 
Our feelings and emotions get in the way. Go to the next one. I don't know if you guys seen these new cars now. They have this new technology where you put it on cruise control and you're driving and the car goes to the left or to the right out of lane. It starts to beep, 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 beep. And you or the car shifts, right? And it goes back to the path. Yes? So you see, God gave us emotions because those emotions are supposed to be guides in our life. Let me explain. So let's just say, let's just say I'm trusting God and I have worry in my life. That worry should trigger something to be like, you know what? I trust God in this, even though I feel this worry. Does that make sense? Okay. You're trusting God and you feel fear of something or situation in your life and you start varying right or varying left. That fear should trigger something to be like, you know what? I'm fearful, but God, I believe in you. And that emotion should put you back in the path with God. A lot of us, we let emotions dictate and run our life and we just run with it. And that emotion just veers us right or veers us all the way left. Right? But how many of us know that feelings and emotions will fail us? Right? Why do you think the devil uses them so much against you? If the devil can make his lie your truth, he can make you feel however he wants you to feel. Think about it. If he makes his lie your truth, he can make you feel however he wants you to feel. Think about it. Some people are, in, are with God. Worry kicks in and they just run with it. Think about depression. Dude, people are, are, are depressed. They run with it. People commit suicide. You know, fear, anxiety. People have trust issues just because they want something in life. So now when, when they move on, they can move on. But what's keeping them is that feeling of vulnerability. That feeling just because they don't want to feel or go through that again. It's that feeling that keeps you away. And some of us just kind of roll with it. I remember, um, if you guys want to know my testimony, just let me know. After, super long, right? But long story short, <clears throat> so I, get, I, I came to drugs and everything. I came to Christ, right? And God healed me. But then my consequence was I was going to heart failure, okay? I was like 19, 20 years old, and they were going to put the pacemaker inside my heart because my heart was already giving up. Okay? And even though I'm healed now, I go through something. Like, let's say I'm something easy like working out or whatever. Anything that makes my heart beat fast takes me back to the point where I was dying. And it just, and it just keeps me there. You know? And even though I'm healed and even though God made me new, it's just those scars. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? It's that feeling that I'm kind of going with it and it's just not letting me advance in my life just because of that emotion or that feeling. Pastor Chip said it awesome last week how we sometimes listen to a heart, like, oh, listen to my heart, you know? But we're called to be listening to the word of God, okay? Like, we're not supposed to be following our heart, following what we feel, following what we, whatever. The word of God should be the guide of our lives, yes? Okay? So we're called to follow God not by our emotions because our emotions are inconsistent, right? Let's go to Jeremiah 17, 9, Okay? Our emotions are unreliable. Why are they unreliable? Because they come from the heart. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? And this is God speaking. So God's saying, dude, the, the evil heart is a perverse thing. Right? Without the Lord, yes. And think about it. We're trying to run our lives with it. 
And if we base our relationship with God based on our emotions, we have this Wi-Fi relationship with God where we're connected to God here, but then we're not connected to God here. We're super, super in, 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 in good with God in this situation, but then we're not going to with God with this situation. In this area of my life, I'm good with God, but in this area, I'm not good with God. That's because since we have a relationship with God by our emotions, it goes up and down, and we're supposed to have it by our devotion from God, yes, or with to God. So point number one, control your emotions and trust God by the word of God, yes? So he gives up his birthright, right? After a while, they grow up, okay? And Isaac's already blind. He's already old. He knows his time is, he's going to die, right? So then he says, okay, Esau, hunt. I want you to cook something for me so I can bless you. The, the time is now for me to give you your blessing, okay? So then Esau says, okay. So then he leaves. But check this out. Who's standing who do you guys think standing hearing Isaac? Mama. The mama. Rebecca hears Isaac and she, she goes and she runs to Jacob. She's like, Jacob, Psst, J- boy, Jacob, come over here, right? Okay, so Jacob goes and then, Re- and then Rebecca tells Jacob, hey, I overheard your dad. He's going to bless Esau and he's going to bless him now. So this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do, okay? So she sets up a plan like, oh. So she's the trickster. Victor talked about how two weeks ago, how whatever we do, it passes down to our kids. Yeah. So we have to be careful what we do, what we let in our lives, because it trickles down, you know. Abraham lied that his wife was his sister. His dad lied that his mom, that his mom was his sister. Jacob's now was, a, now was a liar. His mom is a trickster. He's a deceiver. Plus, poor dude now understand why Jacob's the way he is. He has lying on one gene. He has a trickster and deceiving on the other gene. Plus, poor Jacob. He's Jacob. Right? But Rebecca's a trickster one. So she says, hey, your brother went and he's going to bless your brother. So this is what we're going to do. Give me two goats. I'll cook the food. I'll give it to your dad. He's blind anyways. He won't see. Right? And he'll bless you, right? So then Jacob's like, yeah, but I'm not hairy. I'm not a manly man, right? So then she's like, I'll cover you with the goat fur, and you're going to wear the clothes of your brother. So when he touches you and smells you, it'll be Esau, right? Everybody, everybody follow me? So sure enough, he gets the food. He gives it to his dad, uh, Genesis 27, 19. It says, Jacob replied, it's Esau. What a liar. He's not Esau. Right? Your firstborn son, I've done as you told me. Here is the wild game. Now sit up and eat it so you can give me your blessing. Let's go to the first verse that we talked about, Genesis. Okay. Read this. Remember the, the part that I, that, that I told you to highlight? It says, one nation will be stronger than the other, and your older son will serve your younger son. This is the Lord told her. So the Lord told Rebekah his plan. You, you don't think Jacob knew the plan? Like, he's a mama's boy. Like, Rebecca probably told Jacob, right? That's, that's how I see it. So if Rebecca and Jacob knew God's plan, why did they have to trick Isaac into getting it? It makes you think. Because 
he, the Lord specifically, specifically told her, like, the older one will serve the, that's his plan, that the older one is going to serve the younger one. So then why did they do trick Isaac into getting that blessing? How many of us know sometimes we think God needs our help? So point number two, why is it so hard to trust? We want to do things our way. Think about it. They knew the plan from the beginning. She knew, he knew, and they still did it their own way, right? So not only is the human heart crooked, we are sinful and we are selfish and we want to do things our own way, right? Not only are we selfish but sinful and our definition of good and bad is not Always not the right thing, right? Sin distorts our judgment of what right is wrong is, right? Our emotions distort that judgment of what right is wrong is, right? And yet we still want to be in control of our lives, okay? You see, some of us love the Lord, and we want to come to him, but we only want to come to him our way. Some, some of us love the Lord, and we want to serve him, but we only want to serve him our way. We love the Lord, we want to obey him, but we only want to obey him our way. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, or your ways my ways, says the Lord. So, stop, so, so we need to stop trying to do things our way and let God do things his way because his way is not our way. So God's telling us, dude, just, just let it go. Like you're trying to do things your way, just I'm God. Like don't worry about it. What's well, because, look, God, it's because if you do this, like, your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not, your, are, are not my thoughts. Just let go. It's kind of like the story of the boy that was trying to tie his shoe. Okay? So there was this boy, and he was trying to tie his shoe. Or he was actually trying to untie it. Okay? And he almost, had it, he almost had it loose, so he was pulling it. Have you guys ever had those, like, men? Like, like this is men right here, right? So, like, when there's, like, a knot, and it's getting loose, and you're almost there, so you're like, <laughs> you pull it more to get it to... Pop it open, right? So this boy, he almost had it loose. But little did he know it, he started tidying it instead of loosening it. So then he goes back to the dad, and he's like, hey, dad, can you untie my shoes? Like, what you do? He's like, well, I tried to do it myself. And he's like, dude, you made it worse than what it was. You should have just given it to me in the first place. I would have just fixed it, and you wouldn't be in this position. And the boy's like, well, it's because I thought I could do it my, myself. And that's kind of how God is with us, how, like, we have this problem and we're going through something, but yet we want to take control of it and we want to kind of, like, fix it. And if God is saying, you know what, if you would just leave it to me, it would be so much easier. Leave it to me because my ways are not your ways. Just let me do it. Let me take control of your life, the situation. You will be fine at the end, right? We cannot take life into our own hands. And just because there's a bad outcome or something happens, then we blame God for it. You know, like we take control of it and then if it doesn't work out, oh God, it was you. You know? So point number two, let God do his thing. Okay? Trust God and don't do it your own way. Cool? Okay, that's point number two. So sure enough, Esau gets so mad at Jacob for stealing. So as soon as Jacob blesses, as, as soon as Isaac blesses Jacob, Right? Because he tricked them. Guess who walks in? Esau walks in. He gets so mad, this guy wants to kill Jacob. He's like, I'm going to kill you, bro. Like, once that dies, I'm going to kill you. He's like, oh, bro, I'll cook food. No, no, I'm going to kill you, bro. I'll give you Fortnite stuff. I'll, I'll kill you. 
my Xbox. I'm going to kill you, bro. I don't care. Like, he's, like, he's going to kill him, like, no matter what. Like, he's going to kill him, right? So then he leaves. He goes to his uncle's house, okay? I'm not going to read the whole story, but if I were you, read Genesis 25 to 33. It is awesome. If you like novelas, this is, like, the one, okay? Soap opera, that's not, dude, especially chapter 29 when he goes with his uncle and he gets tricked, okay? P.S. on his wedding night. Read it. You're going to be, like, shocked, Okay? But he goes to his uncle's house. He has wives. He has sons. God tells him, okay, now it's time to go back. Your promise is not over there. It's over here. So it's time to come back. How many of us know that God sometimes calls you back to face your problems, right? So he goes back, okay? But as he goes back, guess who is staying or living in the way where he needs to go? Guess. Esau. Yeah, so, so, so Jacob's going back, but Esau is on the way from his destination, right? Okay, Esau, the one, that, the one that's going to kill him, years pass by, it's Esau, right? So then Jacob, being shifty, he sends messengers. He's like, hey, yo, you know what? Your brother's here, okay, just to kind of like lighten up the mood. But then Esau goes, oh, my brother's here. He's like, all right, okay. So he gets 400 men, 400 Jasons just ready to fight, okay? 400 men, okay? So this guy is not just going to kill him. This guy gets 400 men to meet Jacob. So the messengers come back. He's like, dude, I told your brother, and he's coming, but he's coming with 400 men. So then he goes like, oh, my gosh. Okay, so what do I do? Okay, I'm going to send gifts to kind of like, Try to like, you know, plan A doesn't work, but let's do plan B. So he sends gifts. Uh, verse 20 says, 32, 20 says, and be sure to say, look, your servant Jacob is right behind us. Jacob thought I will try to appease him by sending gifts ahead of me. Okay. When I see him in person, perhaps he will be friendly to me. So again, he's trying to do things his own way. So Jacob was very, was very wealthy because he became very rich at his uncle's. Right? So he sends the gifts and he spends the night. Okay? 24. This is going to be my last point. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. This man, the Bible says it is a manifestation of God. Okay? Of Jesus. So this is God himself. And he came and he's wrestling with Jacob. So why is it so hard for us to trust God? Point number three, we wrestle with God. That is your last point. So, so one, we, it's hard to trust God because our emotions and our feelings get in the way. Two, we want to do things our way. And three, we wrestle with God. See, what are you wrestling with God with right now? Right now, reflect. Why is it so hard to trust God in your life right now? And I don't know. I don't know. What are you, what are you wrestling with your emotions? What are you trying to control? What are you worried about? And I don't, know if, I don't know if whatever you're going through has kind of hindered your walk with God. I don't know if, if because whatever you're going through, maybe it's hard to believe God. Maybe it's hard to trust God. Maybe it's hard to obey, obey God because you're going through whatever you're going through. Let me tell you, God is the God of the hills and valleys. Okay? God is the God of the hills and valleys. He is your God in your high times, and he is your God in the low times. Right? He is with you. Just because God is silent doesn't mean he's not present. 
Okay? Just because you have a problem is not a sign that God's not there. Just because you're going through something doesn't mean that God is not listening to you or he's not hearing you or he doesn't see you. Okay? God's character is not measured by your circumstances. Okay? God's character is not measured by your circumstances. Right? That's what's very important for us to trust God because the more you trust God, the more you let God, the more you grow in God, the more you see God. Right? The more you know God. And the more you trust in God, now you can trust his process. So write that down. So when you are able to trust God, then now you're able to trust in his process. Okay? John 15, 1 and 2. Okay? This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the true great vine and my father is the gardener. It says, he cuts every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Have you guys ever thought, God, I follow you. I live for you and I'm still going through this. We get this with a lot of people. Why is my life that, this way if I'm a Christian? Why is it that I'm going through this and I'm living right? Why is it I follow God and this still is in my life? So he cuts off every branch that is not his. Okay? So every branch. So we are the branches and he is the vine. Okay? So if you're connected to God, you're going to bear fruit. Right? If you don't bear fruit, the Bible says God cuts you, burns it, throws it away. It's kind of harsh. Right? And he says the ones that do bear fruit, okay, he prunes. Think about it. If you're doing things right with God, you're going to get Cut, not cut and burn and throw away, but cut to grow. And you might think, oh, plus I'm doing this right and this is happening to me. This is what happens with the people that are doing the right thing. You get pruned. I don't know if you know what pruned is, but trees, when they grow fruit, you have to cut the branches so it can grow even more. And then you cut them again and they grow even more. And you cut them again and they grow even more. And he does it to the branches that are right, that are growing. So don't think it's because you're going through something, God's just leaving you or forsaking you. Just know that he does it because he wants you to grow, right? And we don't have to be afraid of the process because we trust God, and now we can trust his process. Because why? Because we trust in his character, right? We don't have to be afraid because we know that God's a good God. We don't have to be afraid because he, we know that God has his best interest for us, right? 2 Timothy 1.7 says... For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power of love and self-discipline. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Isaiah 41.10, it says, this is God speaking, don't be afraid, for I am with you. That's, that's why you don't have to be afraid in the process, because I am with you. Okay, don't be discouraged, for I am your God. It says, I will strengthen you and help you, and I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So if God doesn't give you fear, then you know who does. Right? And if he gives you fear, then you know there is something there that he does not want you to have. Right? Or become. Right? You see, and if he's, and if he's keeping you away from something, that means there is something there at the end that is gonna, that, that's coming your way and he's hindering you. Because if he gives you fear, you're going to be paralyzed and nothing's going to happen. Right? Hebrews 10.35 says, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Amen. You see, God's character is not measured by your circumstance. Think about it. What if things are falling apart and they're just falling into place? 
What if everything you're going through is preparing you for what you prayed for? Right? But if we follow our feelings, if we wrestle with God and we try to do things our own way, we will never know. So trust God, trust the process. So this man, I'm going to leave you with this. So this man is wrestling with Jacob, right? Jacob is hard-headed, right? Like he is not giving up, okay? He's not giving up, and God knows that he's not winning or that he's not going to beat Jacob. There's a difference between Jacob winning and God letting Jacob win, yes? Okay? So, so if you read it, you're like, how did God lose? God did not lose. He let Jacob win, right? So this man knew that it wasn't going to beat Jacob. So this man touches his hip. And as soon as he touches his hip, boom, it dislocates. I don't know about you, but if it dislocates, I would be like, oh, just crying. You're the worst, right? Okay? But this guy didn't. As Even though his hip was dislocated, he held on to God. And he's like, I'm not letting go. And the guy's like, hey, let me go. And Jacob's like, I'm not going to let it go. And he's like, let me go. I'm not going to let it go. Let me go. Bless me and I'll let you go. Let me go. Bless me and I'll let you go. So Genesis 32, 27, the man asked Jacob, what is your name? The man asked Jacob, or he replied, Jacob, right? 28, says, your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and men and have won. It is awesome that it is when you have an encounter with God when your identity changes. It's awesome. This guy, he wrestled with God, and once he had an encounter with God, his identity changed. That's just awesome. If, if Jesus can change your life. Have you ever wondered, man, if I can only erase my past? You can. It isn't God. It isn't Jesus. If you accept Jesus Christ, right, your past is thrown away, never to be remembered again. You are a new person in Christ. You have a new identity. So this guy wrestled with God. Bless me, and he blesses like you're no you're no longer Jacob, you're no longer this old person, you're no longer this deceiver, you're not you're no longer this liar, you're no longer this this past, everything that, that you've been or you think you are, you're not that no more. Because now I'm giving you a new identity, you are a new person in me, right? Okay, so he is called Israel. So verse 32 or verse 31, chapter 32 says, The sun was rising, okay, and Jacob left, and he was limping because of his injury of his hip. So now it's dislocated. So now he's limping. So now he's limping. Guess who's coming his way? Esau, the one that wants to kill him. Okay, next verse. Then Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming with his 400 men. Think about it. The one, the the guy that wants to kill him with 400 men is coming at you. Now you have a hip dislocated. You have no strength. Your possessions aren't there. Your shiftiness, your plans, is not going to help you now. He is left with him and God. How many of us know it's those times in life when you are alone with God where you see who you're connected to? Where you see where your source is, where your trust really is. It is in those times where it's, it's, you can't rely on anything else. And it's you and God where it shows you, hey, Am I your source? Am I your trust? John 15, 5, going back to the vine. It says, yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So you see, we're all connected to something. 
Every single one of us is connected to something. All of us. What are you trusting right now? What do you put your trust in? Because everybody does it. Is it your money? Your finances, right? Your success? Is it people? Who do you put your trust in? Because let me tell you well, what happens when the money runs out. What happens when people stab you in the back? What happens when your success is over? If, you, if those things give you the trust in your life, what's going to happen when those things run out? But just how we're worshiping. God is there, and he will never run out. He will never give up on you. He will never fail you. That is why we can trust in God, because he will never fail us. Uh, Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the reason why you can trust God is because if, if, if God came through before, he can come through right now. So whatever you're going through right now, just as Jesus got you through before, he's going to get you through now. And just as he's going to get you through now, he's going to get you when you go through something later. Because you are going to go through something later. And when that's over, you're going to go through something later again. But since you know he got your back and he, and, and, and he I guess, yeah, he, he has your back and he came through, he's going to come through there. He's going to come through now. He's going to come through in the future because that is his character. Right? You see, he crippled Jacob. You know, his life of escaping. Think about it. He escaped his brother. He escaped his uncle. Right? He sent possessions. And if those possessions don't work, peace out. I'm going to leave. Right? But now, he doesn't have those things. Right? His dislocated hip brought Jacob to give up. That dislocated hip brought Jacob to surrender. Surrender his life. Surrender his way. Right? It's kind of sad, but sometimes God needs to cripple us for us to do the same thing. You know, because we're stubborn. We want to do things our own way. We want to be in control. But that is why God cripples you. So if you're going through something, just know that's why God cripples you sometimes. Because he's pruning you because he wants you to grow. He cripples you so, so he can be your source and not the money, not people. He cripples you so you can let go and so you can let God, right? He cripples you so we can put priorities correct. Because a lot of us say we're Christian, a lot of us say we love God, but yet we put things in number one and God's like number four. So sometimes God, God cripples you to have a new perspective in life and rearrange those priorities in your life. So now he's crippled. No possessions, no family, no plans, no shiftiness, no nothing. The only thing that he's left is trusting God. So his brother's coming with his 400 men. All he has is his trust in God. I'm going to finish off with these verses. Genesis 33, verse 4 says, Then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they both wept. Super different outcome than what he thought was going to happen, huh? You see, that's why we're not supposed to just run with it. Because, dude, like, God might have something for you. And here you are, like, thinking it's going to be something else. So sure enough, he doesn't kill him. They hug each other. They kiss each other, right? And this is the verse. Verse 20, it says, And there he built an altar, and he named it El, Eloi, Israel. Right? So Jacob, if you read the whole story, which I suggest you read it because it's an awesome story. But if you read the story, 
He talks about God, but every time Jacob describes God, he always talks about, oh, my God of Abraham, the God of my father Isaac. Genesis 3.15, I'm going to read the whole verse, but it says, but the God of my father has been with me. Genesis 31.42, in fact, if God, is my, if, if God of my father had been on my side, Genesis 32.9 says, oh, God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac. So every time he would describe God, he would say, God of my dad, God of my grandpa. Right? But it is when he went through when he went through, and he put his trust on God, and the outcome wasn't what he thought it was going to be. It is where he built an altar. It is where he built an altar, and he named it El Eloi Israel, which means God is the God of Israel. It is then where he made God his God. Now this God is not just the God of my, of, of my grandfather. Now this God is not just the God of my father. This is the God of Jacob. That's how, that's how he describes God. You see, it is there where you have an encounter with God, right? And when you go through something, when you realize that God doesn't just wrestle for you, but he wrestles with you, and it is when you get out of that, that situation in your life, when you, see, when you start to see God in a new perspective in your life, and he's different to you because of that circumstance. So if you're going through something, I, I, I encourage, trust God. Don't follow your emotions. Don't tr try to do things your own way. Just let go and let God. Yes? If you guys can um, close your eyes, we're going to finish off. You see, if you're going through something right now, okay, I don't know what it is. But if that situation has been questioning, questioning your relationship with God, even to a point where maybe you, you start to doubt, or maybe you don't even know if you should follow God, or, or, or it's hard to trust and it's hard to believe. If this is you, can you please raise your hand? 